0: Well, let's open our our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You know, as we gather this morning, you know, we're going to be looking at Paul's address to the Corinthian church. And I want to share this with you. To put it plainly, the Corinthian church was completely out of order. As we had discussed last week, The women were abusing their freedoms. And how were they abusing their freedoms? They weren't wearing the veils. And I want you to know that the veils were a custom at the time. And not only were the women abusing their freedoms, but the men and women were misconducting themselves in the agape feast and the love feast and in communion. And how were they doing this? Because they were divisive. They were self-centered. They were drunk at the feast and at communion. And now Paul wants to address the abuse of the gifts, the spiritual gifts. Though the church was extremely rich in gifts, they were out of order in the usage of the gifts. And this is what we're going to cover in chapter 12 here. We're going to review verses 1 through 11. And then we're going to also review verses 28 and 30. And these chapters, or this chapter, these verses, they speak on the gifts. And then to conclude next week, we're going to talk about the body, the members and the gifts of the body, and how important it is for us to be a part of the body. For those of you that were with us when we covered Romans chapter 12, we discussed the spiritual gifts. And we discussed what we should know about the gifts and reviewed a few of these. And so now we come to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And once again, the topic of the gifts is brought up. And I want you to know that this list here is not a complete list. The complete biblical list is not just in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, but it's also given to us in, first, uh, in Romans chapter 12, as well as Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, and 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11. And in Romans, it's in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. So if you want a complete list, you could read those. But for the church, I want to ask you all a question. How many of you are aware of the spiritual gifts? Show of hands. How many of you have heard of the spiritual gifts? How many of you know what your spiritual gifts are? Show of hands. That's a good one. And this is what we're going to talk about. I'm going to give you an overview before we begin the scriptures, the assigned scriptures of the gifts through questions and answers. And for those of you that want to take notes, it's a time to bring your pencil, your paper out, and I'm going to be giving you a number of, of, of questions and answers here. And the first one, what is a spiritual gift? I want you to know that the word gift in the Greek is a word charisma. And what it means, it means a gift of divine grace, a gift of divine grace. And what it refers to are the gifts or special abilities that God has given believers through the Holy Spirit. So these are the abilities, the special abilities, the gifts that God has given believers through the Holy Spirit. And what is the purpose of the gifts? And this is very key for us. To serve the body of Christ. Remember that. The purpose of the gifts are to serve the body of Christ. And the question comes are the gifts for today? They are absolutely for today. We believe that the gifts are operated today in the church through the body of born again believers. The reason I bring this up is because there are many that teach that the gifts are not for today, but they were simply. Uh, operated in the times of the apostles. We don't take that view here at Calvary Chapel. We believe that the gifts are for today. Let me give you another question and answer. It. What is the difference between spiritual gifts and talents? I want you to know that we all have talents. You have athletic talents, some of you have musical talents, some of you have artistic talents. The difference is. That if it is not listed in the Bible as a gift, that it is not recognized as a spiritual gift. So if you want to know what are the spiritual gifts, I gave you the references in Romans chapter 12, here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4, and 1 Peter chapter 4. If it's not in there, then you have a talent, remember that. And one major point when it comes to a talent Human talents are inadequate when it comes to doing the work of God. Human talents are inadequate when it comes to doing the work of God. And so which are the spiritual gifts? I'm going to name them to you. I'm going to name them quickly just so that you hear them. Not that we're going to expound on these. The only ones that we're going to expound are the ones that are listed here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 when we get to the scriptures. And there are 21 total gifts that are listed, and they're separated into three categories. So I'm going to give these to you. There are the ministering gifts, and there's actually eight ministering gifts, and that is apostle or missionary, and it's listed in 1 Corinthians and Ephesians. Another one is evangelist. Another is pastor, teacher, or pastor. Another one is teaching. Another one is exhortation. Another one is discerning of spirits. Another one is word of wisdom. Another is word of knowledge. And then there's another category called the serving gifts. And in this, there are another eight. And the first is love. And that's the greatest of all. Remember, if you want to know what the greatest gift is, it is love as shared to us by Paul. Then there's ministry or service. And then there's helps, And then there's giving. And then there's administration. And then there's leadership. And then there's mercy. And then there's faith. And then the last category that we have are the sign gifts. And that is prophecy. That is miracles. That is healing. That is tongues. And that is, and then there is interpretation of tongues. And so you can see there's only 21 gifts that are listed. If the gift is not listed in there, you can't call it a gift. For example... You saw my family up here. They were doing worship. They don't have the gift of worship. What they have is the talent to worship, to lead us into worship. Remember, that's a talent for the musical instruments and voice that God has given them. It is not a spiritual gift. And so this is the difference. This is why it's important for us to know these things. Are the gifts the same as our calling? Some confuse the spiritual gifts with the calling that God has upon a person. I want you to know that they are not the same. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26-27, it says, For you see your calling, brethren, and then he goes on and on. See, we are all called, I want you to know, and God wants us to use his gifts in our calling for the purpose of God being glorified. Here comes another question for those of you that don't know your gifts. I want you to, I'm going to ask this question, and it's really for me to answer. Does everyone receive a spiritual gift? Does everyone receive a spiritual gift? Absolutely. If you don't know what it is, it doesn't mean that you haven't received a spiritual gift. We all receive at least one gift, by the Holy Spirit, and how do we know this? Look at what it says in First Corinthians. I mean, I'm sorry, in First Peter chapter four, verse ten. It says, it says, "As each one has received a gift, minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God." And not only in there, but it also says in First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse seven, that the manifestations the Spirit is given to each one. So we see here again the manifestations. Each one of us. Has received at least one gift. Now comes the question: How many of you have ever said, "I want that gift"? Some of you have said that. The question is: Can we demand a gift from God? And I want you to know the answer: It is no. It is no. According to 1 Corinthians chapter twelve, verse eleven, which we'll cover. It tells us that the Spirit distributes to each one individually as He wills. So in other words, you can't be saying, I want this gift or I want that gift. Whatever gift God has given to you, that is the perfect gift for you. And God desires you to know that, to know what the gifts are. And so now that we're going to come into the study here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to break it down into four sections. And... The first is no gifts. This is verses 1 through 4. And then we're going to talk about the source of gifts, verses 4 through 6. And then we're going to talk about the manifestation of gifts in verse 7. And then we're going to talk about the different gifts in verses 8 through 10 and 28 through 30. And so now let's look at the first section, which is no gifts. And so in verse 1, let's read verse 1 through 3. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts... Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The first thing that comes to us here is the fact that Paul mentions these spiritual gifts, and I don't want you to be ignorant. How many of you have the word gifts there italicized in your Bible? Most of you should have the word gifts italicized in your Bible. Why is it italicized? You may wonder. It's because it was not in the original text. Though Paul is discussing the gifts, the translators actually placed it there so that we can make proper sense of the sentence and what Paul was trying to convey. But what I really want to talk about is, The next statement that Paul makes, which is, I do not want you to be ignorant. Many believers are ignorant. In other words, they are unaware. And much of the church is unaware about spiritual gifts. And it's God's desire that we know gifts. See, how can you exercise a spiritual gift if you are unaware of that gift? And I want you to know... uh, important point about gifts is that they improve as you use them. They improve as you use them. Remember what I shared with you. Why did I give this long intro to you? Because as Paul says, we don't want you to be ignorant regarding the gifts. That's why I shared with you what a gift is. That's why I explained to you the purpose of the gifts. The fact. That they are for today. That's why I gave you the difference between gifts and talents. That's why I mentioned to you that there's 21 gifts. This is why I wanted you to understand the difference between our calling and gifts. And the fact that we all received a, a gift. The Holy Spirit has put it upon my heart to explain these things to you. So that none of us here can ever walk away saying I don't understand a gift. God doesn't want you to be ignorant towards these things. And the church today, many are very ignorant. Many don't know. Many are unaware. But the next thing that Paul says as we move on, he says that as he reminds the Corinthians that when they were pagans, when they were unbelievers, do you remember when you were an unbeliever? For those of you that are born again believers, look back to the time that you were an unbeliever. Paul reminds us that we were carried away by dumb idols. And not only carried away, but we were also led by dumb idols. But now he's reminding us that we have a relationship with the true and the living God. You and I have a relationship with Almighty God. You and I have a relationship with the all-powerful God. But at one time, we were led and carried away by dumb idols. But now Paul is reminding all of us that we are now led by an omniscient God. And what is an omniscient God? An all-knowing God. He knows all things. He is not dumb. He holds the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He contains all wisdom and all knowledge. So this is what's so amazing for us is that we're no longer led away by dumb idols that don't even exist, but are used by the enemy to mislead us and misguide us. But now we have the Holy Spirit, we have Almighty God, no longer led by lies. For remember this, the truth has set us free. We are no longer blinded by the God of this age, but we are now led by God, His Spirit, and His Word. And then Paul says something interesting in verse 3. He says, no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord by the Holy Spirit. I want you to know what was going on here and why this is spoken. There was a rumor at the time of the Corinthian church. And the rumor was that someone that was speaking in tongues was speaking blasphemy against God. And the one who had the gift of interpretation was the one that revealed these blasphemies. And I want you to know that this rumor is not just back from the Corinthian church. These rumors still go on today. And why do they still go on today? Because the devil wants to discourage the practice of the gift of tongues. He wants you to believe that demons are speaking through a born-again believer. But this is nonsense. And this is why Paul says, this can't be so. If someone is speaking by the Spirit, they cannot curse Jesus, and they cannot confess that Jesus is their Lord. Why? Because this is a work of the Holy Spirit in the heart of man. And so now let's talk about the source of gifts. Okay, we, we talked about knowing gifts. Now let's talk about the source of gifts. Let's, let's read this in verses 4 through 6. It says, there are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. The first thing that I want to point out, have you noticed that the Trinity was mentioned? The Holy Spirit, Lord, and God. For those of you that don't know what the Trinity is, it is God that exists in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all three are mentioned here. It says that there is a diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There is a differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are different diversities of activities, but the same God. What does Paul mean by this, or what is he trying to say to us here? I want you to know that diversity is another word for different. In other words, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit gives them. There are different ways of serving, but the same Lord is served. And there are different abilities to perform this service, but the same God gives the abilities. Remember... There are differences in gifts, but the same spirit. There are different ways to serve, but the same Lord. There are different abilities to perform, but the same God gives the abilities. Remember, the Trinity is involved in all of this. He is very active in all of this, and this is a message that he wants to convey to us. But the differences, I want to share this with you. The differences in serving and abilities to perform vary from person to person. In other words, The gifts are not always the same for each of us. And what do I mean by this? The fact that they operate differently. My gift of teaching may not be the same gift of teaching that another pastor or teacher has. Why? Because my personality is different than their personality. Some of them like to bring a lot of humor into their messages. Well, my personality is very different than that. When it comes to tongues... The gift of tongues may not may not sound like others that that uh, that speak in tongues. Why? Because we are different. But it doesn't mean it's not from the same spirit and it doesn't mean that we're not serving the same Lord. And it doesn't mean that God didn't give us that ability. The other thing that I want to mention to you is don't ever copy someone else. Remember this. You are very unique. You're not a copycat. You're not an actor. It doesn't honor God for you to copy someone else. God will not work through you the way he works through others. As we go now into the third section, the manifestation of the gifts. Let's read this in verse 7. It says, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. What does this mean? This means that the Spirit reveals His gift in each person. In other words, you are all given one gift. Everyone that has had a born-again experience will be given at least one gift by the Spirit of God. And then the flip side is this, that we don't all receive or we don't receive all the gifts. For we're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 29 through 30, that as he says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of, an equ- of miracles, are all do all have the gift of healings, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret? Of course, the answer is no. So not everyone receives all the gifts. But as we see here, the gifts that are received are for the profit of all. I want you to know what the, I'm trying to say here. And this is very important. The gift that you receive is not for you, but it is for the profit of all. We are called to use this gift in the body so that others can be blessed. As it says there, it is for the good of all. Remember one thing. Before we were born again believers, our world revolved around us, didn't it? it was, we were all self-centered. But as born-again believers, we're now called to be what? Other-centered. If we're not using the gift given to you by the Holy Spirit, we are missing a critical purpose in our spiritual life. And what is that? Withholding a blessing to the body of Christ. You are withholding a blessing to the body of Christ. And you and I are called to bless others with the gift that we have received. And believe me, you will have to answer to the Lord. You won't answer to me or to any of the leadership here because the one who is the shepherd, the one who is the head of this church is God. It is not me. And when you face God, you will have to answer. And he will ask you, why did you not use the gift that I gave you? I believe that every single one of us want to hear from the Lord the words, well done. You want to hear the words that you were used to, that you used the gifts to bless my people. And so now let's go into the fourth section. And this is where we're going to remain, which is the different gifts, the different gifts, the fourth section. And so let's read this in verse 8 through 11. It says, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Let's jump to verse 28. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, Third teachers, and after that, miracles and gifts of healings, helps, administration, various varieties of tongues, and as we see here, there's various gifts. Again, this isn't a complete list list of gifts. The remaining are in Romans 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. But we are reminded here that you and I have received that. It is possible that many of us have received wisdom, knowledge, faith, healings, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, apostleship, teaching, helps, and administration. And it is by the same Spirit. And so let's look at each gift. And we're going to have to go through these fairly quickly. What is the spiritual gift of wisdom? What is the spiritual gift of wisdom? And I'm going to give you a definition of each one. And I know that I may be going fast for some of you, but you can always go back to our website and you can replay this for it will be stored in our website for you to play over and over if need be. What is the spiritual gift of wisdom? Wisdom is a supernatural ability to speak with divine insight in solving difficult problems, resolving conflicts, giving practical advice, pleading one's case, or defending the faith. So it's a supernatural ability to speak with divine insight in problems, conflicts, giving advice, pleading one's case, or defending the faith. How many of you know the story of King Solomon and wisdom? Remember the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and he asked him, ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon Uh, He responded and he requested an understanding heart to judge your people. And so the Lord's response was that I have given you a wise and an understanding heart. And so he received this divine wisdom from God and he was called the wisest man that ever lived apart from the Lord. And so how was his wisdom in action? Remember the story. There were two harlots two harlots had children and these children were born 3 days apart and one of the children died and the other harlot whose son died or and the other harlot whose son didn't die she decided to take or or the harlot that had her son that died decided to take her son that died and place it in the on the on the chest of the mother and And to take the living child and to put it on her chest. And so when the woman awakened and she saw her baby that was dead, she knew that that wasn't her baby. And so the harlot, she accused the other of wrongdoing. But that other harlot, she denied it. And so at that time, they would bring cases before the king. And so now what was the king to do? They presented their case. It was a very difficult matter, and the gift of wisdom came into play. What does Solomon do? He says, give me a sword. Give me a sword. I'm going to divide this baby in two. And the one who stole the baby, she had no issues with the baby being sliced in two. But the one who had the baby, she cried to the king to give the baby on that love, Solomon knew who was the mother. That is wisdom. Resolving conflicts. Being able to, to resolve difficult situations. Not only there do we see the gift of wisdom, but in Acts chapter 6, verses 8 through 10. We're told that Stephen was full of faith and power and great wonders. Stephen was one of the deacons of the early church. He did many signs among the people. And the word of God tells us that they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. In Acts chapter 15 and in that chapter there was an issue that arose that would have rocked the church. And what was the issue? That the they were claiming, some of the Judaizers, some of the, the, the people that were now converted into Christianity, they were saying that in order to be saved, you needed to be circumcised. And so James, uh, half-brother of Jesus, he stands up and he gives this direction for the church and he resolves the matter. Again, this is wisdom in action. Let's go into the next spiritual gift. What is the spiritual word of knowledge? What is the spiritual word of knowledge? It is the divine power to communicate information that was divinely revealed. It is the power to communicate information that was divinely revealed. Paul he illustrates this to us in 1 Corinthians 15:51, 1 Thessalonians 4:15, and Ephesians chapter 3, verse 3. Where he reveals, I am now giving you a mystery. This mystery was revealed to him by the Lord. Not only was it practiced by Paul, we know that Jesus contains all wisdom. And remember Jesus, with I mean all knowledge. Remember Jesus and the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4. Remember when she came to him and he asked for water and they have a conversation. And he tells her, go call your husband and come here. And so the Samaritan woman responds and says, I have no husband. And Jesus said, you are right. You have had five husbands, and the one that you now have is not your husband. That is the gift of knowledge. Let me give you a personal testimony. There was someone at this church or someone at the church who was stealing money from the offering box. And I knew that someone was taking money. I didn't know who it was. But I knew that this was happening. And then one day I entered a room. And I saw an individual that looked at me. And then he walked out of the room. And so I brought the head usher. And I asked the head usher to confront this man. And to demand the money that he had taken. I never saw him take the money. But I knew that he did. Even the head usher was leery to confront him. For he asked me, did you see him take the money? And I said, no. But I know that he did. And so he did it. And this individual confessed. That is the gift of knowledge. The next gift that is mentioned is what is the spiritual gift of faith? This is the divine ability to do or to perform great exploits. For God, as one responds to a command found in his word, or as he communicates to us privately. Remember in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John went to the temple to pray. And there was a lame man who would ask for money, and he did this daily. And then Peter sees him, and Peter asks the lame man to look at them. And he tells them, silver and gold I do not have, but... What I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And look at how Peter responds as he's addressing this amazing thing. He says in Acts chapter 3, verse 16, And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him the perfect soundness, the presence of you all. I want to give you another personal testimony. Remember, faith is a divine ability to do or to perform great exploits for God as one responds to a command found in His Word or as He commands us privately. Before Calvary Chapel up went to before any of this existed, as you see today, I had the Lord had already placed a desire for me to plan. A church, you're in this city. And I prayed and I fasted and I communicated this to my pastor. And then as I'm asking the Lord and he's given me several confirmations and I knew that this was his last confirmation because as I was reading his word in Romans chapter four, verse 20 through 21, he says there, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was able to perform. See, this was a communication through God's word that moved me to plant this word. And the pastor confirmed it. See, this was now my faith, the faith that God had given me to move forward. It was the gifting that he had given me. See, when we planted Calvary Chapel, New Beginnings, Primo Tapia, God didn't give me a word at the time, but God spoke to me privately on that. It's not that I heard his audible voice, but I heard the impressions in my heart. Because I asked him, I don't want to come down here anymore if there's not a Calvary Chapel to disciple the people. And so the Lord spoke to me and says, I've called you to plant a Calvary Chapel. And so we did. The same thing with our second campus there in West Covina. He spoke to me and he confirmed to me and he asked me to plant the second campus in West Covina. Again, these were what? Acts of faith after I heard that he communicated with me. The next is the spiritual gifts of healings. What is the spiritual gifts of healings? And you can see there, gifts is plural. And this is a miraculous power to heal diseases. Do we have these gifts of healing? I see them today. Let me share this with you. I remember we were on a missionary trip as we talked about Primo Tapia. I remember we were in Baja, Mexico, and it was Hilda, one of the congregants, and Melissa, one of the congregants of our church. They prayed for a woman who had a long-term issue with her legs. And they prayed, and immediately she began to feel, she felt the healing. And again, the gift was exercised. I remember praying for a woman who had back problems for many years. And so I prayed for her, not thinking anything, but just praying in faith to God, and he healed her. The gift of healings are in operation today. The gifts of healings are in operation today. What is the spiritual gift of miracles? This is a divine ability to exercise power over elements. Changing matters from one form to another. Casting out demons is part of this, raising people from the dead. We know that the Lord did miraculous signs through Moses with the ten plagues, and many of the prophets exercised miracles, and the apostles did miracles. This was truly an apostolic gift. As we know with Peter and Paul, as they raised people from the dead. And we know that Jesus raised people from the dead. In Acts chapter 8, verses 6 and 7, it tells us that Philip, many people saw the miracles that he did. And not only the miracles, but they saw the various healings that he did. As a reminder, he both exercised the gift of miracles and healings. And these are still today. As we cast out demons, demons are still possessing people today. And and I've been involved in these. And believe me, it is true that it's still in operation today. The next is, what is the spiritual gift of prophecy? These are the divine revelations from God that he communicates to others. I want you to know that it's not always a foretelling of the future, but it is a foretelling of God's heart. See, the, the the prophets did a foretelling of the future. Jesus did a foretelling of the future. But it's also a foretelling of God's heart. I want you to know that when I teach, the gift of prophecy is being exercised. One of our leaders, before he became a leader, He was invited to church by his wife. Actually, his wife was attending our church. And after the sermon, he spoke to his wife, and he asked his wife, why did she reveal things about their personal matters? And, of course, she said no, and he asked me later, did my wife ever speak to you about our personal matters? And, of course, my response was no. All I did was exercise god's divine revelation to others and god does this through people the next is what is the spiritual gift of discerning of spirits this is a divine ability to detect whether a person is speaking by the holy spirit or by an evil spirit the divine ability to detect whether a person is speaking by the holy spirit or by an evil spirit see god gives this to us to discern the actors in the church you can discern whether they're real or fake in Acts chapter 8 verses 20 through 23 there was a sorcerer named Simon and he saw that by the laying of hands the Holy Spirit was given to people and he wanted this ability and he offered money for this ability and Peter responds in verse 23 he says "For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by inequity I see that you are poisoned not only was it This knowledge, but it was also the discerning of the spirit. See, we have people coming through the church. And we need the ability to discern whether they were sent here by God or by the enemy. What is the spiritual gifts of tongues? This is the ability to speak a foreign language without ever learning it. We know that this happened on the day of Pentecost after Jesus ascended into heaven. And we'll go into greater details in the coming weeks. What is a spiritual gift of interpretation of tongues? This is a divine power to understand a language that a person knew with the ability to communicate it in our known language. So in other words, they take this unknown language and they communicate it to us. I've seen this gift in operation, and it's amazing. Very few people, I don't see a lot of people having the gift of interpretation. They may have the gift of tongues, but not the gift of interpretation. Does anybody here, remember, it's a blessing for all, does anybody here have the gift of interpretation? Show of hands. Anybody. I'm telling you, it is not, well, I mean, there's not many that, that exercise it. And believe me, God has probably given it to some of you. You're just not exercising. Verse 11 says, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills reminder that it is the same spirit that works all things distributing to each one as he wills what does this mean it is the holy spirit who works these and most importantly he distributes as he wills two things we get from here is that you and i don't choose as we discussed earlier and secondly we don't have a reservoir of the gifts in other words i can't say you know what I'm going to do miracles today. I, you know what? I have the gift of miracles, so I'm going to do all these miracles. I, I can't say, okay, everybody that's sick, I want you to come up, line up here, and I'm going to exercise this gift of healings. Or I can't say, you know what? I'm going to exercise great faith. See, we don't have a reservoir of these. As the Scripture says, that it is a spirit that distributes to each one individually as he wills when he desires Verse 28, and we're going to finish here. Verse 28 and 30 says, And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles and gifts of healings, helps, administration, varieties of tongues. As we mentioned there, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have the gifts of of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? We talked about not all of us will have all of these gifts. But I want to finish quickly with the final gifts that are mentioned here. The spiritual gift of apostleship. What is the spiritual gift of apostleship? These are the divine messengers that God has chosen. The office of the apostleship were the original 12. The gift of the apostleship is still active today. And who has the gift of apostleship? Missionaries, church planners. These are God's divine messengers that he has chosen. A church planner. I'm a church planner, just so you know. What what is the spiritual gift of prophets? These were the spokesmen that were divinely chosen by God to give forth his message. Is there still the office of the prophets? I don't believe so. But I do want you to know that the gift is still in operation. The gift of prophecy. What is a spiritual gift of teacher? These are those who God has divinely chosen who take the word of God, explain it so people can understand it. And you know that we have teachers today. And then he mentions miracles and healings, which we discussed. There's two more that we haven't discussed. The next is what is the spiritual gift of helps? These are divinely entrusted individuals with the material affairs of the church. In other words, these are the deacons. These are those that love to just help out. They see a need and they go and help. What about what is a spiritual gift of administration? This is the divine ability to get things done in the church. They're able to accomplish goals and visions of the church. Elders and the leaders are in this category. And then he mentions tongues. But as you can see here, he began with first apostles and he ended with tongues. Why would he do that? I want you to know, again, none of these are greater than another. The order was established in the church, but as he finishes with tongues, the Corinthians were placing such an importance on tongues, and he wanted to remind them that that should not be. I want to share with you as I've given you the spiritual gifts, and I've talked about the gifts so that you don't be ignorant towards these gifts. Before you receive a gift, you need to be born again. You need to receive the Lord by faith, opening your heart to the Lord, asking Him to to. That as we look at these things every single one of us has received a gift god has given us at least one as you as i mentioned you can have very many of these or you may only have one but it doesn't matter if we're here to please god we want to exercise this gift within the body that you belong to and if you belong to this body god is going to judge you whether you blessed the people with your gifts so what I'm going to do first is I'm going to give an altar call. I'm going to ask those of you that want to be born again, not for the purpose of receiving a gift, but because you know that God wants to transform your life and he wants to bless you and he wants to give you so much as a child of God. For the scripture says that our heavenly father wants to give us so much and he does and he pours an out, he has an outpouring of blessings for us. And most of all, you get your sins forgiven and you receive the power over these sins to no longer live by them, chained to them. And so I'm going to ask now, I want everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads. If there's anyone here that wants to ask the Lord to rule and reign in your hearts, to become your master, to be born again, to receive all the blessings that are...